Hi, welcome to Living in a Material World, and I'm your host, David Parada. Today's guest is Michael Carbaugh, the founder of the Aromatic House of Sandoval, Studio Sandoval. Welcome to our show today, Michael. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. It's been, I feel like, years since the last time I saw you and got to sit down and chat and hear, like, when you were putting your brand together. I think we started our companies around the same time. Yeah, it's been about seven years, I guess, since I've started out. So it's probably been about six for us. Wow, has it really? So tell us about the journey. All of our listeners are always in the industry or stores, and they always want to hear the journey and how, you know, Michael came into creating this beautiful house of Studio Sandoval of all these beautiful aromatics and room sprays and candles. Like, tell us how it all began. Wow. Okay, so... I was working in fashion education in San Francisco before I came to LA. So that was about 10 years ago. And when I moved to San Francisco, I really got into this cooperative market there called Rainbow. It's not sort of like an Erewhon, but for lack of better comparison. And it's cooperatively owned, you know, it's kind of hippie, it's gigantic, and it has this amazing health and beauty section, which is a great thing for everyone to know about. So this was sort of my first real introduction into natural products for health and beauty. So of course I was going wild after living in New York for so many years and having this like plethora of options. And so I would shop there for myself and stuff. And at the time I was living in a garden level Victorian in the Castro there. And I don't know if you know anything about living in a garden level or anything in San Francisco, it's a little damp there. So it was a gorgeous place. French doors open out to the bricked patio with fruit trees. I had a Japanese soaking tub, which was IE moisture. And so I sort of needed to develop something just for my personal use to use in the apartment to freshen it up periodically. And I had a full-time gig. I was, like I said, I was teaching in fashion and I was at Rainbow one day exploring and they have bulk essential oils. So I started to sort of experiment and work with the things that they had to offer. And I developed this spray for my house and gifted it to friends and used it for myself. And what I started doing was like the on the house, I started to realize that this thing that I created could be used for everything. It could be used for the house. It could be used for linens and all that sort of stuff. But outside of that, it could be used for myself. So I was using it to refresh my clothes and refresh my hair that kind of stuff refreshed my car. It was really like this liberated product that sort of knocked out five categories with one sort of quickie, you know? And I've always operated that way. I'm just a practical person that sort of makes things happen with what's available. You know, I grew up that way, being a creative young boy, making things out of what I found. So that was sort of in my personal ethos already. And so I made this spray for years. I gifted it. I keep that job. I'm there for like six years. I come to LA and after I decide to get out of that industry and start something new, right? Start something new for myself, not necessarily knowing either. I had friends in LA and was really attracted to the East side. So I moved to Echo Park and this was like 10 years ago. So it's a little bit before the trend, but also, you know, there were a lot of early adopters there and my friends had been there for like a decade. So I experimented with different things. I did some interior decorating projects and worked as a prop stylist assistant and did some fair pop-up stuff and was selling mid-century furniture at different fairs and things and reselling things online. This is before first dibs actually. So it was 
kind of a new thing and I was just a little bitty business. It wasn't really much, you know what I mean? But I was having fun with it. And at the time I was even working at a vintage furniture store in Highland Park called Shop Class, which is no longer there. But it was this cool eclectic mix of mid-century, 80s, 70s, you know, it was awesome. And the owner knew that I made this spray. At this point, I decide like, well, this vintage resale thing is becoming limited and resource became limited. So I was like, well, what can be like my widget, I guess, per se, or what product can I develop that like I can make and control and can sustainably develop? And I was like, oh, it's this room spray that I've been making or this multi-purpose spray that I've been making. And so I sat down for six months and started selling at that store and it sold, you know, pretty consistently. And I didn't really put much effort into it. I did a little Instagramming early in the day and I set this goal for myself because I really wanted to get like a staging down for more for trade show reference, I guess, you know, and get my branding sorted. And so I made a date for myself to do this craft fair. This it was called Renegade Craft Fair. You know, we can start anywhere. It's just a matter of like doing what you do the best, I suppose. And so I just really concentrated on developing a little line. So I had four of the sprays at the time. It took six months to do a bunch of research. I read some books from Mandy F. Aftel, who is sort of the purveyor of natural fragrance and more perfume oriented. But I learned a lot about the alchemy of putting things together, which had always been sort of in my blood anyways, from fashion and any of the things that I had ever been into was sort of about calling things together. And, you know, for lack of better, I'd been referred to as a magpie at times because I can sort of edit and create something new, fresh, that's unique, that's not a reference to something, but something special. And so I did that research. I did a lot of scientific research and formulation research, and I developed three other sprays and got the packaging nailed, worked really hard to find a factory to finish the glassware and put it together, did this fair, sold a few thousand dollars worth of product in two days and was blown away myself because it was more of a staging and an exercise. And I was like, oh, I'll maybe make like 500 bucks this weekend, you know, all good. I'll clear the cost and it'll be a learning experience. I had one walk-in that happened that was a woman that owned a store in Abbott Kinney. So she was instantly enamored, which boosted me and I felt great about it. We had a long relationship and it didn't last forever, but I don't know that anything really does, especially these days. And I learned a lot about who I wanted to work with. That was my first sort of wholesale foray since I had been in fashion. So it was a little bit different. Basically, that snowballed. And based on just my little Instagram account, that account on Abbott Kinney, things just snowballed. And I guess within the first two years of having the business, I was in like 50 doors and had very small online business. It was sort of the burgeoning market at that point. Anyhow, in the beginning felt like, oh, but, you know, I didn't put much effort into the online thing because I didn't feel like people would purchase fragrance from a website because it was actually not really being done at that point. So that kind of sat on the side and my wholesale retail relationships budded, bursted, got international in some cases, worked with Nordstrom in their pop-up scenes, did a thing, Beaumarchais in Paris, like did an LA thing those years ago, if you remember. I do remember. Yeah. And that came through someone who 
was admiring online who kind of facilitates those things. It was Ramya. Do you know Ramya? Yes. He kind of facilitated that. And I think she was spearheading that for them or whatever. And just little fun things like that were happening and lots of momentum. At one point I, this was early, I was more thinking about editorial placement. That was the type of stuff that I knew I could control. The wholesale thing, I would go after some accounts, but very few, most were walk-in, which I was very blessed and lucky for. But at one point I was like, I need to get some editorial going. And I hit up a friend in New York who had a friend that worked for Goop. And she was part of that original barn crew or whatever they call those people. Oh, yeah. Like Blair and all them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And when they worked in Gwyneth's barn in the back of her house. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I thought it was just an editorial concept at that point. I didn't even realize that it had turned into a retail situation. And so I just got this contact basically to see if they would give me some coverage and write a little piece or something. And they replied with, well, I sent them samples still not really knowing that they were doing retail. And they were like, we'd love to pick up the line. And I was like, what do you mean pick up the line? I didn't say that, but I do the research. I'm like, what do they mean pick up the line? <laughs> and then I look and I'm like, oh, they have retail. And so that was an amazing experience. They were very supportive, got a lot of exposure off of that. And I was really busy with wholesale for several years. So then I guess to get to now, 2020 happened. And the retail climate obviously changed and shifted. And suddenly I went from maybe 20% of direct online sales, direct to consumer to 80%. So it flip-flopped. The pandemic has been a very hard experience for, I think, everybody, obviously, for multiple reasons. And, you know, I was actually, I ended up being really busy as far as business that year. And it was terrific. And the one thing that I garnered out of all that was the more success that I have, the more that I can share with others. I got into doing a lot of charity and being able to give back was something that like made me feel so good. It made me like have a bit more purpose. You know, it wasn't just me making a product, selling it. It wasn't such a commodity anymore. It was more of a human experience and all of that stuff got me a lot deeper and I'd already been doing tons of like Kundalini and stuff for years and spiritual work and stuff. And I was doing some chanting and all that with my brand developing in mind. And that spiritual practice had a lot to do with my ability to maintain through the ups and downs. And, you know, it wanes and it comes back. And I think that we take from our experience the good things. You recognize the things that aren't so great. And you can be able to keep moving forward with that knowledge and wisdom. And now here we are. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> I know. I'd like to take away two years of my age because I was missing two years. <laughs> I was like, I came back two years later. Here I am. <laughs> Out of the like cryogenic situation. We're really 44. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm still not over my mid 40s. But no, it's interesting because <laughs> it's like many people had taken during pandemic time off because of the fact they weren't working. And I think, fortunately, you were in an industry, and myself included, where we worked so hard during pandemic. I actually worked so much. So much. So much. And then at the same time, I was trying to find kind of like, I had to find something new and fresh for myself. So I started teaching online branding and how to launch your own brand. And then I started doing like free consulting to young entrepreneurs that had time to cultivate their brand. So that felt so good that I could just give my time. 
And then I was just like trying to stay busy. I relocated to the desert to like Joshua Tree for a year and a half and worked from there. And then just my team would go in and out of the showroom to sell and do online kind of like Zoom showroom visits with our buyers. The interesting thing is we sold so much, but then my brands hit a supply and demand issue. Like they started hitting manufacturing issues because we sold through a lot faster than we anticipated, especially in home and fragrance and candles because people were spending so much time home. And I love it because I always loved your peace spray because it had like Palo Santo. And that was always my favorite out of all your sprays that you had. And I remember it was like one of the first like Palo Santo sprays I could find out on the market. I had seen a store somewhere in the desert that had it and I bought them for the house in the desert. And I was just spraying it as we were doing yoga and different ceremonies in the desert at night with the full moon, you know, all that fun stuff. I was just researching more about your brand. I have never tried your incenses. And so like, that's the next thing I'm going to dive into. I want you to tell the listeners, like run us through all of your products and kind of like what they do, and what the purpose of all of them are. And also all this from peace to love to woods. Those are the ones I remember the most, but tell everybody, like walk us through your collection. Okay, cool. So I have the collection of interior aromatics. So that's peace which is Palo Santo, patchouli, frankincense, and Australian sandalwood in there. And with all of those, there is a little tumbled crystal in the bottom of each bottle, which I give some vibes to every month with the moon and give a little extra to the spray. So it's more than a fragrance. It's got a little extra something. And it's actually functional. The crystal kind of helps shake things up in there. Like nail polish in the 80s. Oh, I love it. That little noise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't really using nail polish, but I was playing with my mom's when she wasn't home. (laughs) Ditto. Ditto. And when we'd be shopping, I'd be like in the beauty section with my mom, shaking all the counter goods, making friends with all the counter people. And so that's peace. And that's in a 16 ounce bottle. It's glass. We have them sprayed opaque black. So that is like, pretty much 99, 100% UV protected. So that protects the integrity of the oils and keeps them fresh slash they macerate in there in an amazing way because these sprays, which I've yet to find with any other essential oil product, and you correct me, will last two or three years where others last about three to six months. So I wanted to make something. See, this is back to my sort of value-based functional thing. These things last forever and they get better with time as they macerate or, you know, cure or whatever you want to refer to that as. Then I've got love, which is my white flower, which I always call the dirty white flower. I've been calling it dirty white flower for years because I did this white flower because I needed to do something. I'm always leaning toward more menzy sort of scents, right? Or classically designated menzy scents and masculine scents. And I needed to do something that was a bit sweeter and a bit friendlier for those who aren't sort of into those things, the other things. So that is an ylang lang, a jasmine, a vetiver, a patchouli, and a water rose, rosewood. So peace, sorry, let me rewind a little bit. The peace is made to like chill out, meditate, focus. Palo Santo doesn't necessarily put you to sleep but it can ground you, get you into third eye for any meditative practices. And then it's also just great for everything, you know, to use all over the place. And it also smells so good. Thank you. Thank you. And that was like, 
when I was making the products, I made a spreadsheet, right? And I went to an oil house, an essential oil house, and I tried everything they had and took notes, made a chart of the oils that I responded to and for whatever organic reason or what have you. And then based on their properties. So I did this spreadsheet that was like what I liked, how they smelled, what the properties were of these essential oils. So when I was putting these together, they were put together with all of those intentions in mind. So what does Palo Santo do? What does frankincense do? What does patchouli do? You know, so love is more about stimulation. The essential oils, you know, are known to be good for arousal, sexual, sensuality, circulation. So it's perfect for your sheets in the bedroom. Oh, exactly. <laughs> or before you have a date coming over your house, spray the whole house with it. Exactly. Or spray yourself on the out the door to the date. Perfect. <laughs> Love is great for all of those things. And then we come to Captain. And Captain was that first scent that I made for six years. And I did never have a name for it. I just made it. So this one is... It's a Bay West Indies, which is like a Bay rum, which harkens back to like 70s heritage men's colognes and fragrance. It was inspired really by my grandfather who wore really nice colognes. And I realized later after researching that Bay West Indies is that essential oil that was used in all those men's grooming products, hair products for centuries. So another thing I want to say is like, these things have been used for centuries, millennia. We're in a pre-Cody existence with this. Pre-Cody, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, these are things that humans and animals have been using since the beginning of time. So we moved to Captain, like I said, so that's a Bay West Indies patchouli, which is a really nice patchouli that I use. It's not your typical sort of stinky patchouli. I love a patchouli. Love. I love. love. I wear it alone. That's basically what I wear. But I definitely in college in the 90s wore a stinky patchouli because I was a little bit of a hippie kind of guy. You remember? Yeah, I used to like put it on. I would go to the crystal shops and buy my crystals, my incense, and my patchouli. (laughs) My mom was into all this stuff then, right? So I was like exposed to this patchouli. And at the time, I was like not actually into it. And then as an adult, I started to get into it once I started finding these good patchoulis that are kind of citrusy and spicy and delicious. So that's a, a really nice patchouli, the Bay West Indies. It's lavender and lavender. So I mix the two to create this like less camphorous lavender. And it's in between a sweet Bulgarian and a sort of camphorous English lavender. So I don't know if I'm giving away all my secrets, but you know what? No, actually, like now I need to buy Captain because now you've like seduced me on this whole scent profile. I'm like, oh. My mother's from Cuba, so my grandfather, like what you're talking about is like, reminds me of my abuelito. <laughs> yeah, the rum, and he wore all those colognes, and like, he remember, he had the bottles even when I was a kid in the late 70s, early 80s, all over his like, dresser. Yeah, my grandfather had all that, and I was like, obsessed. And then there's also a sandalwood in there, and that one is sort of, all those things that are in there, all those essential oils are sort of about brightening, opening, exploration, refreshing. Most essential oils in general have antibacterial properties. So all of these blends 
also have that in mind. All of them have some antibacterial strong suit in the essential one or two, if not all of the essential oils in the blend. So that's a captain. Your grandfather inspired the name of your brand, correct? Is that what I remember reading? Yeah. What was your grandfather's name? Like, so we all know a little bit more of the history. Oh, my grandpa, Gilberto Sandoval de la Rosa. Oh, my grandfather's mother's last name was de la Rosa. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, how cool. <laughs> Funny. You don't meet that many de la Rosas outside. I mean, Texas, there's quite yeah. a few where my mom is from, but that's cool. Yeah. I love that. I've got to remember her name was... Oh, God, her first name, what was it? I have all my ancestors. I have a whole hallway of ancestral pictures where I thank them every morning. Even if I've never met them, I thank them for, like, where I am today, thanks to all their hard work. Oh, her name was Marina de la Rosa. That was her name. Yeah, Marina. <laughs> Six degrees of de la Rosa. Ah, totally. <laughs> we can call this episode that. <laughs> so... Then we'll move on to wood, and wood was really inspired by Mere Woods. And Mere Woods is, you know Mere Woods, David? Yes. Okay, good. Everyone needs to know that zone of California. A lot of people don't know about it. Really? A lot of people don't know even about Marin. What? Or the whole West. I mean, so many people. My first, well, I've lived here now 13 years, but I think most of my holidays for the first 10 years of living in California, I was just getting in my car with my dogs and just like exploring. Yeah, absolutely. And I even like have made it all the way up to Mount Shasta. I've gone everywhere. Like it's just so much fun, like just to get lost in the different sense. Like I get so taken back by how different every area of California smells and is so. Oh yeah. And you know, it has that kind of boggy, aromatic, really scent to that zone it you smell the redwoods you smell the sort of the bogginess of all of those different plants and the grasses growing there and really that was inspired by that and when I lived in San Francisco that was like my happy place I mean I lived in the city but I would go to Muir Beach and hike over the rocks and go to the cove the lagoon that was on the other side because it was wind blocked so it was always like 10 degrees warmer there and just soak it all in. And so I really wanted to make something that reflected that quality of the woods, right? We know a lot about these woody scents that maybe are more in that Santal zone and that kind of thing. And those are what they are, but I wanted something more aromatic and sweet and grassy and earthy, really connected. Cause that was my real connection point up there was going to those beaches and grounding out. I had a super stressful job up there and I'd go and just kind of meditate and relax and dial in and connect with the earth there. And so that one is a cedar wood. That is a marjoram, which is like a surprise one that really actually gives a lot of that quality. There is black pepper in there. There is sandalwood. There is oak moss. And an oak moss is also that scent, that woodsy. Misty. Misty. The morning dewiness. I love that. Refresh it. So that's a grounding one for me. You know, I wanted that one to take people to the location. And all of these scents, they take you away. But actually, when they're taking you away, they're taking you back to your primordial being. They're taking you back to your human essence. 
these are nature's gifts. We are nature's gifts. So fusing with those things in this way, I think is like transportive and it's therapeutic, you know, beyond being superficial, fragrance has the power to be transformative. It really does. And to dial in our systems, our body systems, a lot of these things are great for healing actual tissue and great for your lungs and great for your skin. So that's my forest transportation, basically. And then we have Alchemy. It started as a collaboration with Alchemy Works, which is a retailer down here. You know these guys. Yeah. And that one, we wanted to sort of hearken this California thing, you know. And I think they do California really well. They do it so well. It's Ran and Lindsay, right? Ran and Lindsay, yeah. And they do that so well, and they do it in a very sophisticated way that might be a little bit more elevated than others. And so I'm glad to like be partnered with them for so many years, too. And so that one is like geranium. It's a vetiver. It's a nutmeg. It's a black pepper. It's a sandalwood. What else is in that one? I think that's it. There's quite a few in that one. Oh, and also the very California thing is the bergamot. 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 It's more of an Italian thing, you know? And yeah. literally from Italy, you know, that's where it's harvested. But to me, gives a twist on the SoCal. You know this, David, when the orange blossoms are added and the jasmine, you know what I'm saying? It becomes like insane. And so I wanted to be able to communicate that to people, but also in this way that's like, because it's for, I like using this word, but it's a little bit of a dirty interpretation of that because it gives this, there's some sort of like masculinity to it that is urban in a way, you know? And that's a real crowd pleaser. People love that one. I guess we can move into the incense. The no, no, I want to do, you have the last one, which is spirit. You can't forget that one for oh, me. Yes. <laughs> spirit was like, it started out sort of like as a holiday thing, right? Because I wanted to do something sophisticated. And there's a fur needle in that one. That one is quite simple. It's fur needle. It's sandalwood, a little bit of patchouli, and then just a touch of amber, just a kiss of amber. And in the development of that, I realized that it's about sort of channeling that Japanese garden incense burning when you're in a coniferous forest where you smell this kind of piney scent, but then you smell the warmth of maybe amber incense burning. And the patchouli might hearken a little bit of a smoky incense. So that one's quite sweet. It's very strong. And it's also balancing. All of those ingredients are balancing and balancing the spirit. Love that. So now going into all the collections, are all these scent profiles and do they run through the other products? They do. They'll run through the candles. And then I've got the incense, which I'm most excited about right now. I love my sacred in my career. But I'm launching a Palo Santo incense cone on October 9th. And that one, it's sourced. I'm not making this one, but I've worked with guys down in Peru who are in a very spiritual space. It's uh, sustainably harvested and it is transportative. They're two inch cones. They burn for almost a half an hour. They're amazing. I've done a lot of research. It took about two years to get these right. I grew up around incense. I have a lot of experience with incense. And these are the ones that make your eyes roll back in your head when you burn them. I'm an incense boy. I love starting my morning when I start my cup of coffee. There's incense going and 
there's just like a whole moment that I go through before I start my day that it's like a ritual and it starts always with incense. So I love hearing that. Same. And these are ritual. These are practical. These are transporting you. These are beyond the Palo Santo stick that won't stay lit. Mm -hmm. Because I used those for years and it was a challenge. So, you know, back to the practicality, I wanted something that when you light it once, it stays lit and it burns. We were all talking about it in the office. Like, I think most of my office prefers cones over the sticks. Oh, yeah. The sticks for me are cumbersome. Yeah. I just also don't like the way they look, to be quite honest. <laughs> I have burned a lot of my furniture tops with those. I have like on marble, because I have a lot of vintage in my house. So I burn certain pieces with like incense. And I'm like, oh man, at least I could tell a story when I look at it. <laughs> exactly. What is next for Sandoval? Where do you see the next few years coming out now that you're working on these gorgeous new incense what else are you if you're allowed to share is there anything up your sleeve that we can hear about or you don't have to as far as the products in the collection go i really think that this incense thing is something that i'm going to keep pushing in into and learning more about and gaining more knowledge and education myself about and going deeper on something exciting that's happening for sandoval is that we are working with the auberge resorts and doing some amenity product for them which is an amazing thing great super grateful for this to be happening and it's something that i've waited seven years to do david because i've had a lot of approach on this from a lot of people over the years you know and it just was never a sort of symbiosis there was no kind of come together on things and it didn't ever feel right and this really feels right and they're amazing to work with. And I'm excited for people to discover this little, it's going to be the peace spray and it's in a little one ounce cutie. And I'm excited for people to like enhance their vacation with this, like all of our Sandoval sense, like, and take it with them and bring that experience back. Are you going to retail that size? Cause I love carrying that in my little dot kit. Am I ready to go when I travel so I can start my day with a little halo spray? <laughs> Let's see if we can get some supply chain issues and costing down. <laughs> then we can go into that. But I would love, love, love to, you know, that would definitely be something. And that's something that might happen, you know, and, and it's first steps for things and things grow and change, you know. So now I always ask before we end the episode, because we're right at the end. It just went by so fast. Thank you for making this so smooth and easy for me. So I always ask, materia means matter in Latin. So what truly matters to you, Michael? What matters to me in life, in the business? In life and business in general, what really truly matters to you? Being true, being honest, being a real person, positive legacy, spreading positivity, bringing joy to other people. Love that. What sign are you again? Taurus. Ah, <laughs> oh, there it is. Are you an April or a Bay Taurus? I'm May, May 3rd. May 3rd. I always find a difference between the April and May Tauruses so much. There is usually, there is. yeah. I love that. So that Cancer Moon and Virgo Rising. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm a combo. You are. I love that. Good combination. <laughs> yeah. So where could all of our listeners find you? On Instagram, on the World Wide Web? <laughs> where can they find you? <laughs> on Instagram, we're at Studio Sandoval online, studiosandoval.com. Fantastic. So anyone that wants to pick up some amazing aromatic sprays for their home, for grounding, for love, for dates, you make sure to go pick some up. 
Before we leave, one more thing. What is your favorite thing to do on your downtime when you're not working? Go to the beach. Oh, love it. And are you still living in Southern California or are you back in Northern California? No, I'm in Southern California. Yeah, I'm still in LA. I'm in downtown LA. You're in downtown. Love that. Yeah, I have a live work loft down here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Are you loving it? I'm loving it. Yeah, it's cool. It's very different. It's a new perspective. And sometimes in life, we have to switch our, our perspectives. I know. Very different from your Victorian ground level backyard garden with the Japanese soaking very tub. Different. <laughs> <laughs> I love very that. Different. Well, in one day, maybe we'll get back there. I know. Well, I'd love to get together and catch up in person versus online and on this podcast. Same. That would be so much fun. Absolutely. But thank you again for being one of our guests. And I look forward to seeing you and seeing everything you keep creating out there. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much, David. And congrats to you on everything, too. I really appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to us again. Until next time. <laughs>